0: Welcome to the July 25th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, and the sermon is entitled, Attached to the Vine, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. Get your Bible out. We are going to the Gospel of John once again, and we're opening a new chapter today, chapter 15, so open your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 15 Uh, As you get your Bible open, let me say this to you, as we begin chapter 15, closing chapter 14, that puts us exactly two-thirds of the way through the gospel of John. So we will finish. This is a great study. I have learned so much. You know, I've read the Gospel of John all my life from the beginning in Sunday school. But I have learned so much in this study. And my prayer is that you have as well, those of you streaming with us. My prayer is that you're learning from the Gospel of John. And I'm thankful that we are taking this slow and careful journey through the great Word of God here. The old disciple... John had written this word. He had walked with Jesus for three years in ministry as a young man. He and his brother joined that band of 12 disciples and they followed the footsteps of Jesus and they heard his sermons and they heard his word and they saw his miracles and they saw him transform lives, including their own. And some 50 years after John walked with Jesus in those three years of ministry God moved on his heart and inspired him to write down this account of the life of Jesus Christ It is not a full account, it does not include everything that Jesus did John says at the end of his gospel If he were to write down everything that Jesus did in those years of ministry The world could not contain the books that Jesus did so much So we see the high water marks here of Jesus' life Uh, And so 50 years went by, and John writes this gospel, the testimony of the life of Jesus Christ. He gives us his purpose for writing the gospel, which is to bring the world to Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is still the purpose of the gospel. That is still why we preach the gospel of the living Lord. People need Jesus as Savior. Amen? And that is central to our message and to our work as the church in this county and throughout the world as God opens the doors for us. So today we open chapter 15. Before I move on into reading the sacred text of our study, let me set the stage once again within our study and where we are. Beginning in chapter 13, Jesus meets on a Thursday night to share some private time with his disciples. This is the Thursday night before the cross on Friday. However, the disciples did not know that. Only Jesus knew the cross was coming. The disciples were totally unaware of what was going to happen. But Jesus shares the Passover meal with his disciples. The Passover meal, of course, signifies Jesus teaching his disciples the freedom of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt years ago. It's a celebration that reminds Israel of their freedom through God's grace. But Jesus then extends the teaching further to the disciples to say, there's a greater freedom. The freedom of forgiveness, the freedom of eternal life, the freedom of living the purpose God has created your life to be, but it comes only through Jesus as Lord and Savior and God of your life. Now, in that same room after supper, Jesus then shows his disciples the supreme model of servanthood. I can hardly wrap my mind around this, that God incarnate, Jesus Christ, God himself walking the earth, bows on his own knees and washes his disciples' feet. The lowliest task of the lowliest servant in a household. But Jesus says, I want you to take notice, disciples, that I have ministered to you. Now you go and minister to others. I have modeled ministry to you. But you don't sit there and do nothing with it Now you go and minister to someone else And so he's teaching his disciples that they are to walk into the world as ministers And then Jesus dismisses his betrayer Judas Iscariot A man who had followed his ministry for three years and still was a lost man I think there's a symbolism in that In that someone can sit in a pew for 50 years and still be lost You need to give your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The pew won't save you. Only Jesus can save you. Judas Iscariot was a lost man. Though he had walked with Jesus for three years, he was still lost and he became his betrayer. So what we see in Scripture is this. Jesus lays aside his own fear, his own anxiety. The the weight of the cross is on his shoulders and yet he's able to look beyond that to comfort his own disciples. He lays aside his need and his fear and his anxiety to reach out to those men who had followed him those years. He comforts them. Then we come to the end of chapter 14. This meeting of the pri- in the private room now closes and darkness has fallen. Judas Iscariot has gone out into the darkness of the night with a dark heart in that not only was he unsaved, but Satan had literally taken up residence in Judas Iscariot And he would go as Jesus' betrayer. But as that betrayal is coming, Jesus announces to his disciples at the end of chapter 14, verse 31, Arise, let us go hence. So they leave the room. They leave this room of privacy where Jesus had shared the Passover, taught his disciples, washed their feet, dismissed Judas Iscariot, and they go out into the night. Where do they go? I believe from this point forward, as they leave that room, they're on a pathway that ultimately will lead to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus will spend late in the evening praying, praying so deeply, praying so fervently that sweat would roll off of His brow. So they're on the way. They leave the room. They're on the way going to the Garden of Gethsemane. So from John chapter 15, verse 1, where we start today, until we get to John Chapter 17, verse 26, Jesus is walking. Jesus has his 11 disciples with him, and they're traveling toward the Garden of Gethsemane, but all along the way, Jesus is teaching them. There are moments of teaching in each step that Jesus takes with his disciples as they head toward Gethsemane. So as they step out in the private room to the journey, in my mind, one of the first places they pass as they leave the room and start their journey is they pass a vineyard. They pass grapevines, growing grapes, a crop of land dedicated to grapevines, growing grapes. Somewhat of a children's sermon, I see this. Jesus perhaps stops his disciples right there at the vineyard and teaches them. And this is the word that he teaches them. Look at John 15. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8 today. So this is the first stop on the journey as he's headed toward Gethsemane, and this is the first moment of teaching after they leave this private room. Hear these words then. Jesus says to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me... He is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. May God add his blessing to this teaching moment. That Jesus shares with his disciples, and now, 2,000 years later, he shares with us. As we see these words, John 15, verses 1 through 8, although very few of us, myself included, don't know all there is to know about growing grapes and grapevines and harvesting from grapevines, there is basic knowledge that we have to have to understand this passage of Scripture. A grapevine consists of a large trunk vine. That vine goes into the ground, it is planted there, it draws its life and its nourishment from there. So the trunk vine grows out of the ground from which it's planted. And smaller branches are then attached to the trunk of the vine. The smaller branches can live because they're drawing life out of the trunk vine. Out of the main vine, the branches are attached And the branches live and the branches attached to the vine have one solitary job. And it is not to grow leaves and look pretty. That's not the job of a branch. The branch on the vine is to produce fruit, to produce grapes, to be fruitful. Now overseeing that vine in the vineyard is the vine dresser. In the King James Version he is called the husbandman, that is God Almighty in this children's version story that Jesus teaches to His disciples about being attached to the vine. The husband and the vine dresser is a professional. He knows all about healthy vines. And periodically, the vine dresser will cut and crop and trim those branches, not to hurt them, but to make them more productive. The vine dresser, the husbandman, is concerned that that vine put out as much produce as it possibly can, that those branches will be as productive as they possibly can be. So he makes sure that the branches on the vine are in top-notch health so that they can yield the greatest crop. As Jesus points out the grapevine to his disciples in John 15, 1, he says, I am the trunk vine and you are the branches. I'm the giver of life to every person. I'm the giver of life to every branch that's attached to the vine. So when a man or a woman, boy or girl, professes faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that life then becomes a branch attached to the vine. That branch attached to the vine draws life from and through Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And every branch draws nourishment from Him. We are to live in him, for him, by him, and we're to be ministers in his name. Jesus says, apart from me, any branch that's attached to me, any human being will wither and die. Apart from me, you will wither and die. But if you're attached to me, you can flourish and you can live and you can be productive. I truly believe that God created in every single one of us, if you're streaming today in the In the pulpits or in the in the pews today or if you're in an FM signal today God created you specifically for a purpose in life God created you with a specific grouping of talents and gifts that you might serve Him but you cannot fulfill your purpose in life you cannot exercise your gifts until you know Jesus as Lord and Savior at that moment it's when you get impassioned and energized that you can use your gifts and you can fulfill your purpose in life that God gave you to live. And every one of us are to live for His glory in that purpose. We're attached to the vine. And the father, the overseer, the husbandman, the grapevine the great dresser, uh, oversees and prunes the vines as it's necessary to produce fruit from us. So all of us then, we're on the same page, we understand that Jesus is the trunk vine, and every one of us as believers are attached to that vine through faith in Jesus Christ, and we draw our life and our strength through Him, through that vine. Well, from the get-go, we understand that any person who never attaches to the vine, any person who never comes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will die. Now the biblical term for death means when it says the wages of sin is death. We know that that means there will be an eternal death. There's no such thing as dying and fading away and and going off into the nether region never to be seen again. The world would love to, to picture death in that way away from Jesus Christ. That's not what the Bible says but rather it will be an eternal death in a place of eternal dying and that place is hell. That's what the Bible says. We know that's true because the Bible teaches us so. So those who never attach to the vine, those who never come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will die an eternal death away from Him. Now, as in nature, a branch cannot live outside of the vine. Every person needs to connect to the life of Jesus Christ. That's why the invitation is for every single person, no matter where you're from or who you are, the invitation to Jesus Christ is for you today. You need to know Him. If you've never met Him as Savior, if you've never received Him as your Savior, He wants to know you. He wants to give you life and purpose today. He wants to attach you to the trunk vine through your faith, and your giving Him your life and opening your heart to Him. Well, look at verses 2 through 4. John 15, 2 through 4. Jesus says, now we're talking about the branches who are attached to him. The branches who are attached to the vine, saved people. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. So, once we understand that every one of us needs to be connected to the vine of Jesus Christ, he tells us now, if you're attached to me, you have one single solitary function we are to bear fruit. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I are to bear fruit. We are to be productive in the kingdom of God. Listen, no branch on a grapevine has a purpose if it doesn't produce grapes. And so Jesus is using this little illustration, this parable, this look at a grapevine to say, if you're going to be productive in me, you have to bear fruit. Believers, one, pur- one purpose is, for every day is to reach out for the Lord Jesus Christ somewhere in your day. You're to live for him, be productive for him in some form of ministry. That is true for every day you live. You go out on your fling of a vacation, wonderful, have a good time, but don't forget you're a minister there. You go to the workplace, you go to the classroom, you go to Walmart, you go wherever you go, You're a workman for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're to be productive for him. Ministry is always at the forefront of our minds. We're attached to the vine, the trunk of Jesus Christ, and we draw life from his holy word. This should be a part of every day, according to verse 3. We're to stay in daily prayer with our Lord, according to verse 7 here, and we're to live in obedience to him as our life giver as the one who leads us and the one who gives us strength that we might live for him. Our life then becomes an extension of the trunk vine. Our life becomes an extension of Jesus Christ, and we're going to produce fruit as witnesses and as ministers. Every branch, every Christian is talented to produce some quantity of fruit in your life, and every branch has a unique and divine purpose. That's true for you and for me. Now, I want you to also notice this. God Almighty, the vine dresser, will shape and prune you and me that we will be the most productive. So God, the vine dresser, will prune off our sin. And the Lord God will prune off our deadness. And He will bring to our hearts and to our minds those things that we need to leave behind. He wants to prune those things off to make us the most productive in our life. It's important that we know that the Lord God is working, shaping our living tissue that we might be ministers for Him as best as He uses us in this world. And here's a basic point of a grapevine. Don't miss this. If you take notes, this is important. Here's a a basic point of a grapevine. It's simple, and yet we need to be reminded of this. The branches of of a grapevine produce wonderful fruit. But the branches never consume their own fruit. Branches do not eat their own grapes, right? That's a very important point in what Jesus is saying here. In the very same way, true ministry is not about my comfort, true ministry is not about taking care of me, true ministry is reaching someone else. Producing fruit by reaching someone else with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ministry is always directed to the person in need, to the person who needs the touch of Jesus. We look beyond ourselves and we reach to other people in Jesus' name. Here's another crucial point of Jesus' teaching. God does not honor non-productive branches. God does not honor non-productive branches branches. God does not want us to come to Him fruitless. He does not bless believers connected to the vine who are too lazy or too busy to produce fruit. Now, I'm just being true to what Scripture says here. This is not my creation. This is what the Bible says. God does not bless non-productivity. He wants to see us bringing fruit to the kingdom of God. Many people have used a couple of verses to say that a, a saved person can be lost again. I want to read these verses. That's not what these verses say. Look at verse 2, and then we'll go down to verse 6 of John 15. John 15, 2, Jesus says, Every branch in me... Okay, the branch is in him attached to the vine, so that's a saved person. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Look at verse 6. If a man abide not in me... He is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Many people have said, okay, what this is saying is that a saved person can lose their salvation. And I don't believe that whatsoever. I do not believe that a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, a true Christian who has entrusted your life, your heart to the Lord Jesus as your Savior will ever be lost. There is security in salvation. If you're truly a believer, if you've truly given your heart to Jesus as Savior, you will never be lost again. But God cannot bless unproductive believers. Let's go back to another verse of Scripture. If you want to write this down, you can flip over with me. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14 and 15. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14 and 15. Listen to what Paul says. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. In other words, you produce fruit, you're going to receive a reward. Verse 15, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So if any Christian, if any believer's life is in non-ministry mode, producing nothing for the kingdom's work, He or she will not be lost. They will not be divorced by Jesus. But in all their work on earth, all their produce that they gave their energy to on earth will be burned away. It will be worthless. It will not come to the kingdom of God. If any Christian lives in non-ministry mode, and produces houses and cars and bank accounts and investment accounts and worldly fame and possessions, all of that one day, according to the Word of God, will be gone. It will be burned away. It will be utterly useless in the kingdom of God. It won't be worth a hill of beans. It's zero. It is worthless, and it will not follow you there. The only thing that will stand for eternity is the produce of our life for Jesus Christ. That's what scripture says, what you did for Jesus. What fruit you produced in your own personal ministry that the Lord gave to you and through you in your talents and your gifts, the produce that you gave to him will stand for eternity. How did you touch other lives for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the produce that will stand for eternity. Let me tell you what I believe the two saddest moments of eternity will be. One for a saved person, one for a lost person. For a lost individual, that person who was a non-believer, that person who rejected Christ, they may have had hundreds of opportunities to come and say, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And they turned him away and turned him away and never came to him, rejected him all their life. And they finally leave this earth and stand before God Almighty. The saddest, most grievous moment in all eternity is when God says, according to Matthew 25, 41, when God says to that person, Depart from me into everlasting fire. There's hell. Depart from me. You never accepted me. You never came to my son. You never got attached to the vine. You never gave yourself to Jesus Christ in faith. So at this moment, depart from me because your rejection from me will stand for all eternity. You rejected me then. You reject me now. Depart from me. You will never See me again. You will never be ministered to again. I cannot imagine a Christless eternity. I grieve lost people. We should shed tears for lost people because they're facing those words without the decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. Saddest moment in eternity for lost people. Depart from me. They've never had a moment away from Him until this moment. From the moment they were conceived in the womb, God was with them. Walked with them through life. Stood with them through every rejection. But at this moment, God said, depart. You'll never see me again. Sad, sad moment. Here's the second sad moment in eternity. This is for a believer. For the Christian believer attached to the vine in salvation, the saddest moment, I believe, would be hearing Jesus say, you came to me. You entrusted your life to me in faith. And at that moment... I am true to my word. I began preparing a home for you in heaven. I began preparing your place that you would live for me forever. And I will not break my promise to you. I promised that I would save you. I promised I would build you a home. I've not broken that promise. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you come. Yes, you're going to live in heaven with me. I promised to save you. I would never break that promise. But you brought me nothing. You brought me nothing from your life that I gave to you. I gave you years of life. I gave you thousands of opportunities, and you didn't use one opportunity to produce any fruit for the kingdom of God. You threw your life away. Today you have lost friends in hell because you withheld the gospel from them. Yes, you get to come home, but you never reach to anyone to tell them about the home you have. No fruit, no produce. Your children and your grandchildren couldn't follow you as a godly example because you never laid down godly footprints for them to come to Jesus. You gave your life to me, but you never produced fruit in your children or grandchildren or family. You were fruitless. You sat in church, but the church suffered with no help, no ministry. You didn't plug in anywhere. Let me close this sermon, not with my commentary, because I can't add anything to this one verse. It's John 15, verse 8, the last verse. Jesus says this, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. You notice the connection there? We glorify God by producing fruit, ministry, And Jesus also said, you identify as my disciples by producing fruit, by bringing produce to the kingdom of God. A true disciple of Jesus will do something to bear fruit. How embarrassing to come to the gate of glory and have nothing to offer. Why do you bring an offering? Why do you bring fruit? In thanksgiving that Jesus saved you and me. We thank him. We glorify him. We lift him up every day we live on this earth that others might come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and be discipled in Him. Church, how I pray for 100% of the church to work together that we might be a ministry force in this world. And God has opened up the door that we don't just touch Amherst County, but we have the opportunity to touch the entire world with the gospel of the living Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? What a blessing that is. But we are called not 20%, not 40%, not 75%, all of us, 100% are called to produce fruit. And so that means that when we put together our ministry team, not one slot should be open. In fact, there ought to be a waiting list of people who are wanting and waiting for a job to do. When we're truly productive in the kingdom of God, that means that every one of us wants to tie in to be a minister in the kingdom of God. And church is one of the primary ways you can share your ministry. It's important that we pull together. So today, my prayer is, beginning from behind this pulpit to in front of the pulpit, even to the streaming audience, that we rededicate our lives to not wasting a day. That we will be ministers in the kingdom of God. That we will bear in mind, at the front of our minds as we get up every morning, What fruit can I produce today? What can I do in ministry in the kingdom of God? Who can I touch? Where will God allow me to cross paths with someone who needs a touch from Jesus Christ? Through me. Think about it. Keep it at the forefront of your mind and you will be amazed how God will open the opportunities for you and me to produce fruit. Rededicate your life, believers, that you and I can produce fruit in the kingdom of God. All of us together, that we glorify him, that we uplift him. My, my prayer, my hope, my desire is one day that all of Clifford Baptist Church will stand before God Almighty and as one group, the Lord will look on Clifford Baptist Church and say, well done. That's my prayer, that all of us produce fruit in the kingdom of God, that we'll hear those words. And today, if you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you're here in this sanctuary or you're listening by streaming today and you've never come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to know in the state where you are right now, I'm telling you the absolute truth, and this is from the Bible. I have not made it up. I've not embellished it in one way. From the Bible, I'm compelled to tell you the un- unvarnished truth, and that is this. At this moment, without Jesus as Savior, you are dying. You're dying. You're in the process of dying. And if you end this life without Jesus as Lord and Savior, never connecting to the vine of Jesus, you will die for eternity in hell. That's what the Bible says. If you're not attached to the vine of Jesus Christ, it is an undeniable truth. But here is the greater truth. Jesus is waiting on you. The vine is waiting to attach you as a branch this moment. When you say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross to take my sin away. You took my place on the old rugged cross. You shed your blood so I didn't have to shed mine. You took my place on the cross that I might be forgiven. And when you walk from the grave, you prove that I too will live for all eternity with you. Lord, I believe that. I entrust my life to you. I open my heart to you as my Lord and my Savior. I give you all I have, Lord, that you will use me in the kingdom, and that one day I will live with you forever. I give you my heart. I give you my life right now. Will you do that? If you've never done that before, will you do it right now? If you're somewhere streaming and you're in a living room or a kitchen, you can do it right where you are. If you're here in this sanctuary, I would love for you to come to this altar and profess him publicly. Jesus did everything he did publicly when it came to ministry, and so we too should profess our Savior publicly start that life of purpose in him today is the day when you give your heart to Jesus that you begin your purpose will you come church home whatever you need the Lord Jesus meets us in this place right now let's pray our father our God thank you for these moments Lord father I pray that we have this mental image of being productive in the kingdom of God as a grapevine produces grapes Lord we are to produce good works for you We don't do good works because we want a pat on the back. We reach out in the love of Jesus with good works so we can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. I did not deserve it. I did not do anything to be worthy of that. Lord, it was a gift of grace that you saved me. And so, Father, I'm reaching other people. I want to be productive in the kingdom of God just to simply say, Lord, thank you for saving me. And I don't want one person to cross my path and not know Jesus. Help me, Father, to be a witness for you. Help me to be productive for you. Help me to share the love of Christ where I go, where I live, where I work, where I go to school. Help me, Father, to be a minister of yours, to be productive in the kingdom. I want to be a branch on the vine that's productive, Lord. Every one of us is called. I pray every one of us answers and says, Lord, touch me that I might touch others. If there's one here who's never come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is the moment whether they're streaming today in their home or in a car, right here in a sanctuary, Father, in this moment, someone who's never come to Jesus can say, yes, Lord, I accept you as my Savior. I give my heart to you. I believe that you died on a cross and rose from the grave, that I might live, that I might be forgiven, and that I might live out your purpose. That person might be in another country this morning, Father. Wherever they are, I pray that they will know that That invitation is true from the Savior Jesus Christ and directed especially to him or her. Bless each one in this moment who needs to make a decision for Christ. Father, we pray a blessing on this church that as we gather before you one of these days, as I believe surely we will, you will say, well done, good and faithful servants. You've been productive in my kingdom. Help us, Father, from this day forward to surrender our lives to be productive in the kingdom. We love you. We thank you. Church home, whatever the need, bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.